Welcome to America Uncanceled. I'm Mercedes Schlapp. Uh, Matt Schlapp's coming back from CPAC Hungary, so we'll hear more about his travels um, on a later show. But today, Thursday, we're seeing marks the expiration of Title 42, a Trump-era policy that was critical for maintaining border security. With no proper countermeasures in place and Biden vowing to veto the Secure the Border Act, we're seeing more and more illegal immigrants continuing to cross the southern border. Joining us today to discuss this surge and much more is Congressman Roger Williams from Texas, who holds a 91% lifetime CPAC conservative rating. Congressman Williams, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Mercedes. Always good to be with you. Well, give us a, give us a sense of what you're hearing, what you're seeing down in Texas. I mean, it just almost feels like El Paso it's just they're being inundated with uh, more and more illegal immigrants coming through the border, really impacting El Paso and several of those border towns. Well, the border is a disaster. When you talk about what are people hearing, people unfortunately aren't hearing really the truth. You have to see this thing to believe it. But uh, the border is worse off today than it was yesterday. It's going to be worse tomorrow than it is today. Uh, Title 42 you brought up is coming due. Uh, the president's going to let that uh, uh, go. And uh, you, you've seen the numbers, 18 to 20,000 uh, people will be coming across the border just there alone right. uh, with nobody stopping them. It was a Trump policy that worked, dealt with asylum, dealt with health, health issues and so forth. So uh, it's pretty much a disaster. I'd like to see President Biden sleep on a little bit and maybe retract what he's, what he's going to do. But the border's a disaster. And you know this, Mercedes, uh, we see every week, uh, I see who they've, who they've captured. And, you know, it's just not seasonal workers that want to come over to get jobs in, in, in America. It's Russians, it's Chinese, and you name it. And they're coming over here, and they're not going back, and they're coming over to hurt us. And we're literally being invaded. I think you have to use that word. We are literally being invaded, and uh, that's not to touch with the with the drug dealers and all the fentanyl that's killing future generations of our children. And I think one of the things we look at is when Title 42, when it was put into place, it would allow to to basically rapidly expel these, you know, many of these individuals that were crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. So it was one tool uh, that we know could be used uh, to send people back and obviously go through a legal process, which is what they should be going through. Instead, um, what, what, what we're seeing, I think, from the Biden administration, it looks like they're going to move forward with about this 1,500 of, uh, officers, these military active duty members coming in uh, to help out. But obviously, that's not enough. I mean, has there been any conversation with the Biden administration between Republicans and the administration to say, we've got a, a bigger problem now than ever before? Well, we talk about a bigger problem all the time. And, you know, Secretary Menorca said uh, he doesn't think we even have a problem for crying out loud. Right. And you have the vice president, who's the border czar, who says that the, uh, the Border Patrol is like the KKK. I mean, she's been in a parking lot in El Paso as far as she's gotten. And Joe Biden is in the same parking lot. So they, they don't want to admit what's going on. They know what's going on. That's why they don't want to go down there. Uh, but, you know, we have this dialogue. And 1,500 troops, I'm glad that our troops are down there. But they need to be troops. They need to be processors. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, so forth. And that's why they're down there. We need more border patrol. We need more judges. We need to give people due process, turn them back around and head them to Mexico, not to give them a court date while they're in the United States, never to be seen again. So, uh, you know, the Biden administration has ignored this. I think that actually it's a dereliction of duty from our president to defend our borders. And uh, we have a real problem. I mean, you've been down there. I've been down there. You see it. It's like watching a movie. Uh, these people are just running wild. And again, we get back to these drug dealers and the drug czars are literally killing people 
our future generations and they run the whole thing and uh, we're buying our fentanyl from China. China's selling it to Mexico and giving it to our kids. So, and they want to say there's no problem down there. It's pretty much a disaster and they're ignoring something that may be the greatest issue we've seen in our country uh, since the beginning of it. Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre in the White House press briefing room, she made a comment basically saying that illegal immigration is down by like 90%. Um, I want to play that clip. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Let me get your reaction to that. I mean, I, I don't get it. You're seeing the videos, you're seeing the images. Um, obviously, the Border Patrol agents are overwhelmed, and yet there's complete denial coming from the Biden administration. There's total denial, and for him to say it's down 90%, I mean, it's a joke. It's a total lie. He's lying to America and uh, so forth, and you just merely have to go down there and see it. it. It's unbelievable when you actually see it. And so, you know, they say that. They're protecting themselves. They don't, I guess, their big dream, we know what their dream is, to control the House, the White House, uh, and the Senate, and then let everybody vote, and thinking everybody's going to vote Democratic. Uh, it's a horrible uh, it's a horrible vision for our country, but they are doing it. And Mayorkas, I think he's dereliction of duty. I think there's lots of times, I think we could, if we had the time, we should impeach him. Yeah. You, uh, I, this is a great tweet you put out. The numbers don't lie. We must restore national security. It's time to implement policy that works. Then you describe, since Joe Biden took office, we've seen over 5 million illegal crossings. Uh, at our southern border, more than 1.3 million illegal immigrants have evaded apprehensions. CBP has seized 14,000 pounds of fentanyl, which is enough to kill over 3.1 billion people. I think that is one of the most important slides I think I have seen. Now that we know the Joe Biden record, you all in the House of Representatives are pushing the Secure the Border Act. What's the status of that bill and what is contained in that bill? Well, what it does, it basically put more, it puts more troops down there, does away with catch and release, takes care of the, the fentanyl issue. I mean, it's just common sense what you do to defend your house, your state, or your country. And we are defending, having to defend our country from an enemy that wants to come over here and kill us and hurt us. Uh, and, that's, and that's what this does. But catch and release, we shouldn't have catch and release program uh, and so forth. We need more border patrol. We need more troops on the ground. And frankly, I think we need the United States military. Fort Hood is not too far from the border. Uh, we, we, we've got people there to let the people know that the border and sovereignty mean something to this country. And we're giving our sovereignty away. That's a, that's a great point. And I, we know that the White House has already mentioned a threat and a veto on the Secure the Border Act. They basically say, say that it restricts humanitarian protections and also reduces humanitarian protections and restricts uh, lawful pathways. I mean, I view this as just a humanitarian crisis already happening in the southern border. You're seeing women crossing over that have been young women that have been raped or sexually assaulted. You're seeing the drug cartels in charge and dictating what's happening in the border. Um, you see crimes that are happening in these border towns. Uh, up to what point uh, do, can the Democrats, I mean, are there any Democrats that are your colleagues that would say, you guys have a point, let's try to work together and get this resolved? Not that I know of. I've been up here 12 years, and I have some people on the other side, and they they don't say that. They don't want to admit it. Uh, you know, just the sex trafficking alone, the, these young children are getting 
uh, paying money to the coyotes to bring them up. They give them a piece of paper, and on that paper, they have two phone numbers. One's for one that goes to a drug trafficker, and the other's to a sex trafficker. It's the only people they know when they get up here. And uh, how how this 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 the, the Democratic liberal side can turn their back on what's happening down there with women and children is beyond me. And uh, but they do because they just don't want to admit that maybe Trump might have been right with his border wall and judges on the border. And we had fewer crossings back then as, than we ever had. And we need to drive people through the ports of entry, not between. If you go through the ports of entry, you learn how to be a citizen. You learn how to get a green card. You learn how to work up here and so forth and do it the right way. We all want people to realize the dream, but not illegally. And you can't decide, Mercedes, that the first decision you make is I'm going to go to America. I'm going to break the law. I'm going to kill people. I'm going to fight Border Patrol. I'm going to kill their animals and, 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 and tear down their homes. That's a problem, and there's people making that decision now, and we're talking about giving them uh, legal, uh, you, you know, legal dollars and all this sort yeah. of thing. So it's a mess, but it's not going to be fixed until I think that probably we get the White House in 2024 and make something happen. Speaking about the White House tw into 2024, I mean, do you think this is uh, the border issue will be, you know, we, 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 I think in 2020 it was definitely an issue, but it was obviously COVID overshadowed a lot of what happened in, that, in the 2020 presidential election. Do you think this border issue will be one of the more dominant issues that we'll see popping out, well, coming out on this race? Yeah, I hope the border issue is a dominant uh, issue in our in the election of 2024 because every, you know, and you've reported on this, but, you know, everybody say, well, Texas and Arizona and California are border states. No, that's not right. Every state in the union is a border state right now. Yeah. Everybody has illegals. Everybody has people that are up there illegally, uh, filling the school systems, creating crime, you name it. So I would hope that uh, it would be an issue, and it's an issue certainly the Democrats cannot stand on, mm -hmm. the Republicans can, and we need to sell our strengths, and that is one of our strengths, is securing the border, doing it the right way, realizing the dream the properly way, come through the ports of entry, not between. Right. Let me ask you this, because I know another big topic that you all are, are tackling up on the Hill is uh, the debt ceiling. Uh, there was a conversation happening that McCarthy uh, would reject any White House effort at a short-term debt limit uh, basically that they want to make sure that they're able to align with these budget negotiations. Uh, they want, obviously McCarthy and the team, they want to just get it done, but it looks like the White House doesn't want to budge in terms of any spending cuts. Where do you think this lies? How do we think we can get this resolved by June? Well, it's interesting, you know, because Democrats always blame Republicans for shutting the, shutting the government down. Well, we passed a bill last week to raise the debt $1.5 trillion. We've already done that. We have bailed them out. Yeah. But in return, we need cuts like every family, every business does. If you're at hold a thousand dollars, you don't give your kid another thousand dollar credit card. You pay the bill now. OK, so yeah. so what we need to do is what we presented to him. McCarthy did a great job. Look, just a few things. Let's do away with 87,000 IRS agents. Let's do away with the Green New Deal. Let's do away with guaranteeing student loans and, and having kids not have to pay their debt, you see. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the, this, what, this is what this, this is what this does. It also does away with the EV credits that put people, put the, put the car back industry back onto where people can compete and people can decide what they want. That's why I voted for it. I've never voted for a clean debt scene. I won't ever vote for a clean debt scene, but this has real cuts. We need to do it. Why the Democrats don't want to cut when they continue to spend is wrong. And that's the problem. If they think they're going to send a clean debt scene over to the house, it's not going to pass. But I was glad to see McConnell and some of the senators, I think it's 43 senators, 
uh, have agreed that they're not going to send a clean debt ceiling over to us. So Biden's got a real problem. Here's a guy that said he's not going to negotiate. Well, everybody negotiates in this world. In life, you do that. Yeah. Say not going to negotiate. Well, he's negotiating now. Yeah. He said he's not going to do anything but a clean debt ceiling. He's not going to get that either. So he's in a bind, and he doesn't need to bring the American people in it. We've already approved $1.5 trillion to cover the debts and get on about the economy. Let's uh, talk about the electric vehicles. I know you're uh, have definitely experience in this area of the car business, and there's a, a push, a strong push from the Democrats to uh, basically for Americans to buy electric vehicles. I, I mean, I, it makes no sense to me in the sense that we just simply don't have the infrastructure to even maintain more and more or, or, or allow for more and more electric vehicles usage, especially when after eight hours of driving, you got to recharge again. What's your sense as to the direction of the car business, where it's going, obviously we've seen that linked to higher prices for cars and supply chain crisis that we know has really, I think, hurt the, the car industry. Well, it's crazy. And I've been in the car business for 52 years. My family, as you know, since 1939. So I know this. And this is, this is crazy. This is all woke. This is all driven by Obama back when he scared the heck out of the big three and they fell for it. And look, I'm not against electrical vehicles, but I'm for competition. Right. And if somebody wants an electric vehicle, then order it or whatever. But we shouldn't have it shoved down our throat. And it's really funny. They want to do away with fossil fuels. But what generates fossil fuels? What generates electricity? It's fossil fuels. Yeah. And, and, and we found out now if a battery in, in these vehicles uh, goes bust, they have to total the whole car out. OK, no telling what the price of these cars are going to be. And, and there's no there's no charging stations, you know. They want to spend a trillion dollars on charging stations to ramp out across the country. First of all, that's not the job of the federal government. It's the job of the private sector. Mm -hmm. 1920, somebody bought a Model T and his friend decided, well, you're going to have to come, come to my place for gas. He started with, a, we started the filling stations. So the private sector needs to have the build out. And I can tell you right now, if the government ramps this out, you already know what a, what charging station is going to look like from the federal government. First of all, it's going to have graffiti all over it the first week. Second of all, it's going to be broken. And thirdly, it'll never be fixed. Yeah. And that's going to be your government charging stations around. And who's got 40, 50 minutes to hang around, get their car uh, charged? And as you know, you've been to Texas many times. I like to say if you live in Weatherford, Texas, you're going to Midland, you're going to pull a jet ski, a horse trailer, and, a, and, and a, a, some other kind of boat. You're never going to make it to Midland, Texas. Yeah. yeah. You see, so it's phony. And, and they're going to pay $7,500 credit to, to basically to the customer, $7,500 to the dealer. It's, it's a, it's a non-starter. It's, it's a loser. That's why you start to see Ford and some of the others back off a little bit. Yeah. We need to have competition. Competition will drive it. But I'm not for EV vehicles. I'm, I'm, I'm not against them, but I'm for competition. Let's let that work. I think that makes complete sense, especially when you're talking about the fact that you're looking at uh, lith the lithium that they need to get from, buy from China. I mean, we have all those issues as well. It, it, it's very troubling. Uh, let me ask you this last question. So we've seen these ABC, Washington Post uh, polls where it shows Trump is up ahead of, on Biden, showing that they trust Trump over Biden when it comes to the economy, also saying that uh, Biden is not mentally fit to be president. I mean, obviously, we've seen enough polls that things go up, things go down. Uh, but what does it tell you, as we now know, President Biden will be uh, you know, has launched his reelection campaign. Uh, we'll see if he even goes on the campaign trail for that matter. It sounds like he's going to have a pretty uh, low, you know, small footprint. Your thoughts on how this is starting to shape up for President Biden? 
Well, I think, well, for President Biden, I don't think it's shaping up too good. I mean, what is he, a 30% approval yeah, rating pretty bad. <laughs> and all this, and he's got yeah. nothing going for him, and, yeah. and he won't speak to anybody. He has people speaking for him, and they lie when they speak. And I think American public are beginning to see that this last election, you know, maybe you didn't like somebody, maybe you didn't like their tweet, or maybe you didn't like this or that, but the policy works. This is policy and not personalities coming up in 2024. And I think we begin to see President Trump is beginning to, to move ahead. He's began to actually get some people that didn't support him last time. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting election, but it's going to have to be driven by policy. What do we want our country to look like? Well, look what it looked like before COVID. We had, we had more jobs than people. We had low interest rates. We had low inflation. Nobody was talking about any of that. And we had a supply chain. You yeah. could get product. Now with Biden, you got no supply chain. You got high interest rates. You got high inflation. We, we are the laughing stock of the world. We're not the strongest militarily. We know China's got more battleships, more airplanes than we've got. Uh, so uh, I think it's gonna come down to a lot of things. And I hope that we as Republicans and conservatives will sell our strong points, sell what works and not get involved uh, without name calling that sort of thing, because we don't have time for that. Let's sell what we're all about. Let's sell conservative values. And Donald Trump will be our next president in 2024. Well said, Congressman Roger Williams. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mercedes. And remember, if you missed an episode, you can always go back and watch on our website. Just go to cpac.org slash now, or you can listen wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time. God bless.